Does this sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. And the average everyday American, the affirmative task we have now, uh, create a new world order, got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Jake Frejo. Joe is not available. I had my computer on. Joe is not available tonight, so I am filling in. We have a jam-packed episode this evening, but before we start, I'd like to remind everyone that tonight's episode is brought to you, us or to you by Liberty Cigars. John Adams at Liberty Cigars. John is actually the direct descendant of the original John Adams. He just stole his name. Uh, Liberty Cigar Company has assembled the first six presidents in one beautiful cigar collection. These great men guided our nation admirably from the very beginning in the period known as the Early Republic. In that set, you will receive a George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, and John Quincy Adams Cigar. For conservative daily audience listeners, using coupon code LIBERTY, you will receive 17.76% off the set. Comes in a beautiful box, Mr. Producer, let me show it. All-American made, hardwood, or cedar, red, red cedar from America, assembled in America. Uh, set, originally priced at $89 with coupon code LIBERTY, you will get 17.76% off. Where to start? I think I know. Mr. Producer, ready? Cut A1. I'm not sure if anyone here is a fan of movies, but the few that I have seen, one of the ones that stands out to me the most in all of this is a movie uh, not really recognized for its, its historical uh, context, but Mr. Producer play Cut A1. This is the intro from Killing Them Softly. us forward. The American promise alive is that promise that's always set this country apart. It's a promise that says each of us has the freedom to make of our own lives what we want. A movie now with more application and more relevance than it, than it had when it originally came out. So I'd recommend anyone listening to go watch Killing Them Softly. Now, Killing Them Softly uh, compares or, or, or places into uh, the modern context of, of what the Obama administration did in, in scamming the American people into this belief that we as one would get ahead. And in the process of uniting as one under this false disguise, the Obama administration set the stages for the very reality that we see now. And the irony of it all is, now at this moment, Obama has re-entered the picture. Everything we're seeing from the laptop to the war in Ukraine, to Afghanistan, to Kazakhstan, to everything, the entire world falling apart, originated under this idea of hope and change under the idea that selling the American people on a notion that they had no intent of fulfilling, 
that they would go, get, they would seize power and they would never let it go. And like clockwork, 12 years later, the same man has entered the picture. So tonight's episode is about Hunter Biden, about the laptop, a bunch of different things that are now coming out in the past 24 hours. But I want to remind everyone the lengths in which our own entertainment industries, our own media outlets, went to cover for the crimes that are unfolding in front of us. And there is no coincidence what we're seeing now unfold in the White House this morning over the last 48 hours. There is no coincidence that these individuals are convening. What they'll sell it to you as, as they did in 2008, is that this notion of hope and change. But I'd ask the audience to question why all of a sudden all of these powers, all of these dynastic families, all of the elites in Washington, why are they all of a sudden convening? Why are they convening and uniting as their house of cards starts to collapse? So, Mr. Producer, I have a great cut, A2. It's uh, Jimmy Kimmel covering for quite possibly the, the keystone in the greatest scandal, the greatest cover-up this country has ever seen. A2, please. Our next guest is probably the most famous board member of a Ukrainian energy company of all time. His new memoir <laughs> is called Beautiful Things. Uh, in case you've been wondering where he is, welcome Hunter Biden. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. I have to tell you, I um, after reading this book, I'm impressed that you're alive. I really am. It is amazing that you Thank are you. alive after all the crazy things that you've been through. It was a, uh, it was a, it was a journey, but thank God, I made it through. Yeah, no kidding. And a lot of the things that you detail happened here in this neighborhood, uh, in, <laughs> like right around here. Yeah. It was like. Yeah. You were doing crack at the places that I eat. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, not, not intentionally. I wasn't stalking you. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't think you were. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like I learned a lot about crack, and I know that sounds weird, yeah. but you hear about it, and you see it on TV shows and, you know, in the news every once in a while, but I learned how to get... I really think I could get it now, thanks to your book. Well, I hope that wasn't the message that you took from the book. This is I not a how-to so. manual? No, it's not a how-to. Oh. Well, I, it's, missed, it's a, I misread the whole it's thing a, then. It's a please, a please don't manual. It's a please don't, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Don't. It's, yeah. I, listen, if somebody reads this book and then goes, I should try crack afterwards, well, then they... No, yeah. they, they, they didn't finish the book. They, <laughs> no, didn't, they, finish the book. they didn't start yeah. the book. They didn't yeah, yeah. finish the book. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah. you, uh, in fact, like where we're situated right now, the Roosevelt Hotel is right across the street from us. This is where yeah. you had, would you call it a bender? Is I was a, at every hotel in Los Angeles, basically. You'd hole um, up there yeah. until every, they and three every, out. Every motel, every hotel, until they, uh, until they wouldn't have a room for me <laughs> the next day. It One of the stories was you went just down the block from us, the Sunset La Brea, and yeah. you looked for some guys who might be able to yeah. get you something. Yeah. And um, yeah. then you wound up getting it and... Yeah using crack with them. Were those yeah. guys dressed as Spider-Man by any chance? <laughs> no, well, were... maybe, I don't know. I, I, some things I don't, I don't recall exactly. But, that you is... know, it, I, I wrote about it and I, uh, and in vivid detail. All right, you can because, cut there. That's um, enough, you know, that's enough. My point in this is that the mainstream media and Hollywood, the same Hollywood that's pushing for this Disney uh, let us touch your kids agenda is selling you this narrative that the most, quite possibly the most compromised man in the country, not only is he, I won't mention that he's the son of the president of the United States, uh, is, is, is being polished in a sense that uh, none of us would ever be able to undergo. It would never cover for us. I mean, the crimes that face value or already he's already implicated in we would have been dragged away for decades and then he goes on and and and, and has these outlets for jimmy kimmel to go on and say that this is something you know this is something chic this is something stylish and they start trying to glorify this man and his actions he's he's bragging about how he's not allowed in hotels anymore after a certain period of time well maybe hunter if you didn't allow your hookers to throw up in the mini fridge you'd be allowed to come back 
But those are just my thoughts. So this is a recap before we get into everything else. But again, we'll remind the audience that everything that we were sold, everything that we were told was this idea that it was all Russian disinformation. Mr. Producer, A3. Serious questions tonight about whether the Russians are using Rudy Giuliani to interfere in the U.S. presidential election. CNN senior national security correspondent Alex Markward is joining us. Alex, there are fears that what Giuliani is now pushing here in the United States could actually be part of Russia's latest and very massive disinformation campaign in the U.S. presidential election. Massive indeed, Wolf. We do know that it's a very active Russian campaign. That's according to the U.S. intelligence community and that Rudy Giuliani already had open contact with a person that the U.S. has called an agent for the Kremlin. Now, we are being told by two people who've been briefed on uh, what the FBI is doing, that they're looking into whether these unverified emails about Hunter Biden that were published earlier this week by the New York Post about his business dealings in Ukraine and China are part of this bigger Russian disinformation effort in the 2020 election. Now, those efforts, according to the intelligence community, are to denigrate the Biden campaign and the former vice president in favor of President Trump. The New York Post says that they got these emails from Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. Bannon did not respond to our request for comment, but last month he told a Dutch broadcaster that people should stand by for a release of documents about Hunter Biden. Now, this is far from the first time that Giuliani has tried to dig up dirt and promote disinformation on the Bidens. He's been photographed with a Ukrainian politician whose name is Andrei Derkach. He has been named Derkach um, as uh, by the intelligence community as a Russian agent and actually been sanctioned by the U.S. Treasury Department. So you have Rudy Giuliani openly working with a known Russian agent, and the president was reportedly warned about it. The Washington Post now reporting that the intelligence community was so concerned about this that they told the White House, and then the national security advisor himself, told the president that any information that Rudy Giuliani brought to him could be contaminated by Russia. Wolf. That's pretty stark indeed. So what's Giuliani saying uh, to this idea that he's All right. become uh, what right, his critics enough. are calling? A that's enough. So, again, two years worth of this, two years worth of this crap that we were to be told to look the other way, that the facts in our face don't matter, that you need to listen to us. We need people like Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert, you know, Hollywood elitists, to laugh us away from reality. Nice try, though. Nice try, Hollywood. Nice try, establishment. And so, again, we've discussed the disinformation uh, campaign uh, document that was signed by 51 people at the highest levels of the House Intelligence Committee, the DIA, the NSA, the CIA. All of those people should be carted away to jail, tried with treason, and punished accordingly. But that's just my take. Mr. Producer, A5. The House of Cards, as I said, is starting to collapse. So today, a subpoena, a push for subpoenas uh, was issued. House Judiciary Committee Republicans are demanding that 51 former intelligence operatives, they're not agents, they're not employees, they're operatives. Operatives have an agenda, yet these operatives sit in uh, cubicles, in organizations that claim to uphold and enforce the law uh, under some sense of equality which is total bullshit. 51 former intelligence operatives divulge information about their 2020 statement that documents from Hunter Biden's laptop be, uh, could be Russian disinformation, with a senior GOP aide telling the Post that the ex-spies should, uh, should expect subpoenas next year if they fail to comply. All 19 Republicans on the panel signed a letter to the intelligence community stalwarts demanding records on their claim that the laptop story had, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. A statement which helped the Biden campaign discourage pre-election coverage of emails linking Joe Biden to his son's business ventures in China and Ukraine. Documents from the laptop were belatedly verified in the past month by the Washington Post and New York Times as a federal investigation into the first son over possible tax fraud, money laundering, and foreign lobby lobbying crimes heats up. Quote, we know now from subsequent reporting that the New York Post's article about Hunter Biden was not, as you and your co-signatories alleged, part of a Russian information operation, the GOP letter says. This belated veri verification of the Post's reporting raises fresh questions about the public statement you signed in October 2020. 
They should all be dragged in front of Congress, and they should all be dragged in front of Congress now. Hunter Biden should be dragged in front of Congress, and anything pertaining to his father, I know he has a backdoor. He has a get-out-of-jail-free card being the president, that uh, a sitting president cannot be charged for past crimes. But if you can pop the lid on it, if you can show the American public the lies that they have been, uh, been fed, totally for it. So, other stuff that has come out. A6, Mr. Producer. This is a mine in China. No connection to Hunter Biden, at least right now. But this is a mine in China, a cobalt mine, uh, I'm sorry, owned by China, a cobalt mine in the Congo, in Africa. And this is a, a, quite possibly the best first-person perspective of what third-world countries think of the elitist dynastic families in this country and how they come in like they did in Afghanistan, like they did in Iraq, like they did in Kazakhstan, and they come in and they maraud, they fill their pockets, and then they leave. And they think that with their impunity, they act with impunity, that they can get away with this. A6, Mr. Producer. Back in 2008, the Democratic Republic of Congo struck a big deal with Beijing. China's state-owned firms would build hospitals and roads in return for revenues from copper and cobalt mines. Thirteen years on, critics say few of the promised benefits have materialised. Now a new report by a global anti-corruption body, seen by Reuters, calls the deal unconscionable. It urges Congo to cancel an amendment signed in secret in 2017, which sped up payments to Chinese investors. The report may be welcomed by President Felix Sisekedi. On a recent visit to a mining area, he told residents he was re-evaluating relations with Chinese investors. We have noticed for some years that people come into our country with empty hands and pretend to be entrepreneurs and leave with billions in their pockets, but we remain poor. Sisekedi's move marks a rare pushback by Congo. Now the full report will be published later this month by the Extractive Industries Transparency Initiative, which tracks money flows in oil and mining. It has no legal force, but could bolster Congo's bid to rejig the China deal and maybe make Beijing change its approach elsewhere. Jean-Pierre Okenda is an expert on Congolese mining. I think that this report might make the Chinese government think twice in terms of making deals in countries with weak governance, countries where the administration is not efficient. Global industry will be watching too. DR Congo is the world's leading producer of cobalt. So he talks about Chinese influence, Chinese investment, individuals entering their country, third world countries with their hands out, promising, 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 but doing nothing but taking. Why does that sound familiar? Oh, I know. Because that's what Americans buy into every year with the politicians that stand up in front of them and promise, 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 but do nothing but take. And now they've entered warp speed. So the irony behind this is I actually lied. This very firm, the Cobalt Mining Initiative in Congo, where their own people, the own, their own people of, Congo, of the Congo have spoken out against these intruders and marauders and imperialists, really, that Hunter Biden connects back to them because it wasn't just the Chinese. The Chinese were partnered with Hunter Biden. That is why Joe Biden is in the White House, is because of the information they have on him, the compromise and collusion that the Biden family has with the Chinese is indescribable. The average person would not be able to process the evidence that is easily laid out so the media must come to bat for them. A8, Mr. Producer. In a development today, with all of this information being relatively known in, in secondary media markets, a new, re- a new revelation came out today. And that is that Joe Biden, for as much as he likes to claim that he had no knowledge of his son's business dealings overseas, whether from Kazakhstan to China to Ukraine or all over the world, jet-setting at our expense everywhere, filling his bag and going home to do crack and blow. Jason Shavitz calls on White House to immediately release recommendation letter emails say that uh, Biden sent. So this might be a story that was breaking this morning, and it's a story about Hunter Biden 
some guys in his firm in Rosemont Seneca advocating for Joe Biden to use his power, to use his favor, to write a letter on behalf of the son of a Chinese oligarch. A Chinese oligarch that nonetheless has direct business ties to the Central Bank of China and the Communist Party. So the sitting president denies straight out to everyone that he has no idea what Hunter was up to, yet he wrote a letter on behalf of that Chinese oligarch's son. And where did he want to get? What was the letter for? It's a letter of recommendation for a college, for an Ivy League college, which is funny because our Ivy League institutions have been cesspools of espionage. People coming into this country, mainly from China, to take over proprietary information that we have here, whether it's from the military, the couple that was caught selling subsecrets, nuclear subsecrets to foreign adversaries, the chemist in Harvard, and other people across the, across the gamut. MIT, Brown, Cornell. So, as he claims willful negligence or ignorance that he had any involvement in Hunter's dealings, it's a bold-faced lie. And as I said, the house of cards is starting to crumble. So, for a little better detail on the letter, uh, A9, Mr. Producer. Welcome back. Now, this Fox News exclusive. Fox News has obtained 2017 emails which reveal President Biden once wrote a college recommendation letter for one of Hunter's Chinese business partners tied to the CCP. The CEO of the Chinese investment firm Bohai, Jonathan Lee, writing, quote, Gentlemen, please find the attached resume of my son. He is applying to the following colleges for this year. A month later, a Biden associate writes to Lee this. Hunter asked me to send you a copy of the recommendation letter that he asked his father to write on behalf of Christopher for Brown University. But the White House still maintains the president never engaged in his son's business. The president has said that he never spoke to his son about his overseas business dealings. Is that still the case? Yes. And, of course, Senators Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson have revealed new financial documents detailing business links between the Biden family and corrupt actors. Ron Johnson joined me on Sunday Morning Futures on Sunday, documenting the money that the Biden family has taken in and the favors. James Freeman, your reaction to this influence peddling and the impact? Yeah, this is significant, and it's another piece of what is now a mounting pile of evidence that Joe and Hunter Biden work together on a lot of things. This is They are not separate, as the White House, as Joe Biden have maintained, uh, that Hunter's business, um, collecting uh, all of this money, all of these opportunities uh, in Chinese finance or Ukrainian natural gas or or Russian-funded right, computer manufacturing or what have you uh, are not separate. It's not really a surprise. I mean, Jen Psaki is about to leave. She's about to walk out the door. Her answers to Ducey weren't really that um, confidence-instilling because these are people that know everything is about to go out the window. As Psaki is leaving, Obama's coming in. Obama's coming in to the fix it, fix it, because the senile puppet was useless. Actually, he only had one use which was being the foot in the door to get back in the door because Obama couldn't. As we saw earlier this morning, that two terms, that's the limit. That's, that's the idea of democracy, the founding fathers set. But Obama doesn't like the idea of democracy. He likes the idea of autocracy. So before we get into it, I'd like to remind the audience that tonight's episode is brought to you by IP Vanish. Tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet? Maybe advertisers know a little too bit, a uh, little too much about you, or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity. Using incognito mode won't always solve the problem either. IP Vanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, hackers, expose your ISP, or expose yourself to advertisers. You can use IP Vanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IP Vanish, all your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. 
And right now, for Conservative Daily audience listeners, IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today. Go to IPVanish, that is I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash daily and use promotional code daily and you will receive 70% savings off today. All right, back to the never-ending saga of Hunter Biden, the degenerate prince of the Biden crime regime. So we covered the college letter. And then I think one of the most iconic images for the year 2022 is A10, Mr. Producer. For the audio listener, this is a picture of Obama putting himself at the forefront of a capital gathering today as he began to address the world on the anniversary of the Affordable Care Act and the wonders of everything that he did and is still doing, though he won't admit it, everything that he is still doing. And for the visual listeners, or the visual, uh, visual viewers, this is, as I said, one of the most iconic photos in that you have the president, the alleged president of the United States, grasping onto a non-politician, right? That's what we're told. Obama's in retirement. Obama's in retirement in his $14 million Martha's Vineyard home. It's weird that someone who makes $400,000 a year can afford a $14 million mansion, seaside mansion, especially when the risk of global warming is going to raise sea levels. But in the back of the photo, in the back of the photo, is the alleged president of the United States with a, f- a face covered in confusion, uh, disorientation, and desperation. And that is what these people have done to the American country, the American ideals. This is the iconic photo of dogs fighting over a bone. And it's not their bone, it's ours. But dogs nonetheless. You can take that down, Mr. Producer. So going back to the letter that Joe Biden wrote, even though he had no understanding of Hunter's business dealings, I wonder what he was paying a favor for. I wonder what the favor, uh, what the favor exchange was on that one. A11, please. So we've heard this in discussion that Bohai Harvest, which is partnered with Rosemont Seneca, uh, Bohai Harvest, Rosemont Seneca Technologies, was actually the Asian or Chinese Beijing-based subsidiary of Rosemont Seneca, Hunter Biden's investment firm, of which Jonathan Lee is the CEO, or was. To some extent, he's still involved. But Jonathan Lee was the individual reaching out to Hunter and Eric Sherwin of Rosemont Seneca to push for a letter of recommendation on behalf of the vice president of the United States at the time so that his son could get into an Ivy League college. Now, when you start to go, when, when, if you have the time, go to Bohai Harvest's board description, you have a, a wonderful breakdown of who this individual is. Bohai Investment Fund, also known as Bohai Capital, has been in existence for 10 years. How did Bohai Harvest come together. This is a Q&A on their website with responses listed from their board members, their C-suite executives. And Jonathan Lee, the guy begging Hunter Biden and his executives for a letter from his father, says, I became the CEO in Bohai Capital in 2009. Kind of ironic, and that was the time frame in which the worldwide economy was collapsing as Obama had taken power, and conceived the idea for BHR two years later, anticipating a big wave of cross-border M&A, also known as mergers and acquisitions, by Chinese enterprises. Again, we'll go back to the idea of a Trojan horse in that everything the Biden family helped facilitate was the advancement of the Chinese Communist Party reaching our shores and infiltrating everything within them. Jonathan continues saying, it took me almost three years to get it set up. Good thing he had friends in high places. I wanted diversified ownership, including both Chinese and foreign partners, to make the firm more international. More international also translates to more profitable. On the foreign side, I spent two years talking to large financial institutions before we ended up with RST, which includes Rosemont, right there, boldface, states that includes the vice president's son's private equity firm. 
a boutique real estate and TMT private equity firm, and Thornton Advisory, a U.S. advisory firm specializing in Sino-U.S. relations. On the Chinese side, in addition to keeping the Bohai Capital lineage, we lined up a subsidiary of Harvest Fund as our second partner. Again, going back to the CCP and the Chinese Central Bank. One element of our business model is that we go abroad with industrial players from China. As one of the largest mutual fund companies here, Harvest is available or able to reach those different industrial players. Meanwhile, Bohai itself has connections with large Chinese financial institutions. Furthermore, another executive, Xin Wang, was questioned, how do you feel the firm is differentiated from other PE investors looking at cross-border opportunities? Well, I would say that they have the advantage of having a vice president, a corrupted vice president of the United States in their back pocket, but let's hear her response. As early birds in cross-border mergers and acquisitions, we have first mover advantage. In addition to that, BHR offers the best of both the Chinese private equity world and the Western private equity world. Bohai Capital has set a uh, has a state-owned background, which right there, boldface confirmation that Bohai Harvest, functioning in joint partnership with Rosemont Seneca, is funded by the Chinese Central Bank, which is a state-owned institution, which is run by the Chinese Communist Party. With the likes of Bank of China, which is still the largest indirect shareholder in BHR, and China Development Bank Capital, and then we have a global network. The combination of Sino-U.S. mixed ownership, a diversified market-oriented team, and global resources brings a multi-dimensional approach to our investment decision-making. You can take that down. Fascinating. Past 30 years of this country, the families that are in power have sold out everyone. They've sold out the, the cashier at the grocery store. They've sold out the car dealer. They sold out everyone from top to bottom. They've sold everyone out except for a select few at the top that will do anything as they are right now to hold that grasp on power because the power isn't really anything more than access to capital. And that capital is yours. It's mine and they won't give it up. And they're willing to thrust us into world war, international conflict, international famine, international depression for the things that they have done to make sure they do not come to light. So this gets into another conversation. The president is writing a letter on behalf of a foreign adversary's son, foreign adversary who has the access to extreme compromise to the Biden family. As I said earlier on the morning show, the puppet master returns. Joe Biden is the puppet. His foreign compromise for his greed and for his subversion of upholding American values is the puppet master across multiple countries, multiple foreign adversaries. So it gets into a bigger picture when we talk about the education system in this country and how it has been corrupted and compromised, not to the extent of gender fluidity and all of the garbage teachings that they're filling the young children's minds with now, but this idea that for the past 20 to 30 years, the Chinese and other foreign adversaries have been sending their students, sending their children over here to steal American ideas and subvert our government. Now, that's commonplace. That happens across all countries. That's what spies are for. But the real problem here is that most of this has been facilitated by the people in power now. Biden writing a letter for that very same individual as his son sold out American military industrial technology companies like Hennigy's, which sold technology for um, moving vehicles, for military-grade uh, vehicles, still handed over technology, handed over access to our education institutions, and now we're starting to see the consequences. Mr. Producer, A12. The chairman of Harvard University's chemistry department, arrested by FBI agents, charged with lying about more than a million dollars in payments from the Chinese government. A Boston University researcher accused of being a secret operative of the Chinese military. Another Harvard researcher caught at the airport allegedly trying to smuggle biological materials to China. 
all three incidents were this week, and they're not alone. U.S. intelligence officials say America's world-class university system has become a soft target in the global espionage war with China. All the research, development, cutting-edge technology, all the ideas emanates on university campus. And our adversaries know that. Over the last year, the FBI and other agencies have demanded that universities do a better job protecting their sensitive research, an effort to make sure their foreign scholars don't have hidden relationships with foreign companies and universities. We're estimating about $500 billion a year in economic loss just from the country of China. That's theft of intellectual property and trade secrets. Some Chinese students say they feel unfairly targeted. Jason Zhao is a math and computer science major at the University of Rochester. A13, further down the rabbit hole of how people in power like Joe Biden have facilitated the complete theft of everything American, of everything domestic. A13, Ivy League, China spy scandal that entangled Harvard could hit Yale and MIT next. So it's a web, it's a web of infiltration. A4, uh, A15, please. The federal dragnet is so massive that investigators have given the case the code name Lurking Giants. This sweeping investigation in academia concerns not Hollywood celebrities who paid tens of thousands of dollars to secure college, college admission for their kids, but hundreds of millions of dollars that have poured into the country's most prestigious universities as gifts and contracts, unreported, largely from governments hostile to the U.S., the alleged theft of American taxpayer-funded military and scientific research would be a violation of the Federal Higher Education Act, a recent congressional report called The Practice, a Threat to Homeland Security. Well, thank the Bidens. Thank all the families that helped bring in the very people that wish to burn us down. And again, we discussed the couple that sold submarine, nuclear submarine secrets to foreign adversaries. I'm not going to play that video because we're running a little low on time. But I will remind everyone, the last sponsor of the night, that tonight's episode is brought to you by Crowd Health. Problem with insurance. Crowd Health isn't health insurance. That's why it works. There are no deductibles, networks, complicated exclusions, or copays. See any doctor you want, pay the first $500, and submit any bills from there. The Crowd Health community takes care of the rest. Crowd Health is a new way to pay for healthcare. No doctors' networks, no huge premiums or high deductibles, no surprises. Crowd Health is putting the community back in community healthcare. Pay one low monthly total to fund your account, less than $200 a month for most people. 100% of your monthly contribution directly funds and reduces the healthcare costs of the community. Unlike insurance, you're not limited by doctors' networks. How does it work? Unlike insurance, CrowdHealth succeeds by keeping its members happy, not by driving up the price. CrowdHealth helps members shop for a great care at a fair price, makes payments to doctors and members as quickly as possible, and negotiates on the community's behalf when unexpected bills arise. It totally reverses the vicious incentives that the healthcare system they got the healthcare system into this mess in the first place. So stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com now and experience freedom from health insurance. Right now, you can get your first six months for just $99 per month. That's almost a 50% savings off the normal price and a lot less than a high-deductible health care plan. Go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM at sign-up. That's joinhealthcrowd.com. Join CrowdHealth.com, promo code FREEDOM. That is a tongue twister. Wow. I actually didn't think we'd, we'd run out of time on all this. Still have a bunch more to plow through. A17, Mr. Producer. Cornell espionage. As I said, this has been over the past two to three decades. In 2002, King Zhang Yin, a former Cornell University researcher, was arrested before boarding a flight to Shanghai from New York. He was carrying numerous bacteria samples and yeast cultures belonging to the university. The FBI investigation revealed Yin was seeking a job with a research facility in China and offered to bring the bacteria and yeast cultures to China for commercial enzyme production. He was sentenced to 12 months imprisonment for conspiracy to defraud the U.S. government. It's kind of incredible when you think of it that 12 months for espionage and defrauding the U.S. government, yet people that walked into the Capitol peacefully are being charged with four to five years and being stuck in solitary confinement. I find that kind of fascinating. 
A18. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode. Here you have the kingpins of the regime. You have Barack Obama, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris walking down, I believe it's one of the corridors at the Rose, Rose Garden. And I'll, I'll ask this question to the audience again. Do you think that this is just something out of thin air? Do you think this is something random where it's a, a get-together and holding hands and singing Kumbaya? Or do you think that there might be something larger at play in that the house of cards, as I said, is going to fall apart? The house of cards and the biggest players in that house of cards are convening under the disguise of American interest, yet they're convening in one of the most secure places in the country as things start to fall, whether it's the Hunter Biden laptop, the Ukraine, Metabiota, uh, the DOD funding the uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology. As it all starts to collapse, it's strange how they start to market it, almost similar to how Jimmy Kimmel had Hunter Biden on to polish someone who's been a career criminal that has cashed checks off of the suffering and destruction of American people as his father sits there in front of the public and says that he's there to help them. Just a question, not a statement. But then again, we're dealing with an institution. We're dealing with an establishment that likes to punish people that stand up for the truth. A20, Mr. Producer. Investigating January 6th Capitol attack. This is an article out of People magazine. Ivanka Trump was called in front of Congress today, spent eight hours giving her testimony to her either alleged or involvement in the January 6th FBI operation, quoted as, she's answering questions. I mean, you know, not in a broad chatty term, but she's answering questions, the committee told, committee chair told CNN. So whether it's from the January 6th protesters and the consequences they face, how our justice system takes one side, that there is no equality under the law, we look at that and we see what they're putting our own former first families family through because they have a narrative to obtain. They have a narrative to sell, and they will do so at all costs. And then furthermore, today, they did the same thing with Putin. They sanctioned Putin's children. A19, Mr. Producer. Biden says major war crimes being discovered in Ukraine after he announces new sanctions on Russia. So Biden has announced sanctions on Putin's daughters, alleging that Putin is hiding assets and hiding money behind them, that he's avoiding sanctions by transferring his wealth to his children. Eerily reminiscent or similar to what they're running the Trump family through. Almost identical in that you go after the children, you go after everyone, Joe's family, go after Joe's family. They've done it before. That's what our government is willing to do to protect the lies from becoming unearthed. So as much as I went on a tangent about the bad in this country, I will say there are some glimmers of hope. DeSantis, Abbott, Florida, Texas, the fight is long, the fight is hard, and there are people that have not given up. So DeSantis, A21, Mr. Producer. DeSantis proposes spending $8 million to transport illegal immigrants out of Florida. As we said earlier, DeSantis is willing to bus illegal immigrants to Washington, D.C. Jumping on that bandwagon is A22. Abbott, the governor of Texas, taking the same stance. Texas Governor Greg Abbott directs the use of buses to drop off migrants. The steps of Capitol in D.C., the move came weeks before Title 42 is set to expire for Biden's order in May. So, some patriots are taking a stance. Some are upholding the oaths they took to protect the American public, but the fight is not over. In other good news, A23, the Taliban have banned poppy cultivation in Afghanistan and drug crackdown. Now, we talked about this, and you can leave this up, Mr. Producer. We talked about this last night on how the American pharmaceutical complex, which is very similar to the 
American military industrial complex, how much they had their hands involved in, in destroying the American public, in destroying America over the past 20 years with the opioid epidemic, the drug addiction pandemic. And now, all of a sudden, it draws to question the reality that we were sold. I grew up in the 90s, and in the early 2000s, I was nine years old when the World Trade Centers went down. And then from that period of time, we watched the war in Iraq and Afghanistan. I grew up in the shadow of war. And then we watched the world economy collapse, much to do with the greed of the people in power. And we watched Trump get elected. We watched two terms of Obama destroy everything. Then we watched some hope come about in the election of Trump. And they could not have that, so they removed him. And so now, I'd ask the audience to question whether or not the narrative that was sold to us in Iraq and Afghanistan, whether it's weapons of mass destruction, was it a 20-year war with a blank check for people like Dick Cheney and the Bushes, who are now best friends with the Obamas? I find it fascinating that the Taliban are emphasizing a crackdown on drug production in the country. Because if you look at the statistics, Afghanistan, as soon as America invaded, their output of opium, opium uh, derived from the poppy plant, skyrocketed. Hundreds of percentages skyrocketed. And then what followed? Destruction, addiction, and decay of American society. There are many documentaries on this, of the CIA's role in, in protecting and enforcing the poppy fields, operations to run the product to American pharmaceutical producers. And then now all of a sudden the Taliban is taking the stance that they're done with it. Just an idea. Other good news? January 6th prisoner was acquitted today. Mr. Producer, A24. That's right. Martin traveled to Washington, D.C. after reading then-President Trump's tweets about the 2020 election being stolen. He came to the protest on January 6th. It finally happened. A Trump-appointed judge has just acquitted a defendant who knowingly entered the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Welcome into TYT's Overruled. I'm your host, legal analyst Adrian Lawrence. Matthew Martin, who described January 6th as a magical day, was just acquitted of four misdemeanor charges in connection with entering the Capitol during the insurrection. There was no dispute that Martin entered the building as the New Mexico man testified that the experience was indeed magical for him, as he filmed his own activities and was even caught on camera inside Congress's home. Here's a photo. Even so, in a bench trial, U.S. District Judge Trevor McFadden acquitted Martin of all charges. The Trump-appointed judge concluded that Martin reasonably believed that police officers let him inside the Capitol. This conclusion came despite federal prosecutors presenting mounds of evidence that Martin should not have been inside that government building. He walked past fences with signs saying area closed and recorded video of a broken window, blaring alarms, police in riot gear, and people who appeared to have encountered tear gas. Despite all of this, Judge McFadden was convinced that Martin's conduct was, quote-unquote, minimal and non-serious. Reasoning? Martin seemed to be a silent observer of the scene and didn't try to crowd the police, protest, or wave the Trump flag that he was carrying. Martin appeared quiet and orderly as he walked inside the building, filmed video inside the rotunda, similar to how the media would have behaved and didn't appear to interfere with officers as he filmed a clash with rioters later in the afternoon on the north terrace of the building. Following the acquittal, this is what Martin had to say. And Mr. Martin, what's your reaction to, to this verdict today? I am very thankful for the judge's verdict, and I'm hoping that I get my life back together, get my job back. Your job at uh, Los Alamos? It's another company, but yeah, basically, same. The judge did say it was more likely than not he thought that you you knew you weren't allowed to enter the Capitol. I mean, you know, someone looking at this from the outside thinks, hey, you've got a top-level secret security clearance. You're a federal contractor. You know the rules for federal buildings. What would you say to them? Uh, just referring to testimonies. That's right. Martin had a top-secret security clearance and was clearly no stranger to understanding government access. Yet, Martin said he legitimately believed he could enter the U.S. Capitol because two Capitol Police officers standing at the door didn't try to stop him. 
Video showed that one of the officers at the doorway was gesturing, and Martin said he said that gesture was to admit him, but it really wasn't clear at all. And to note, the officers all were right, clearly what outnumbered by thousands reporter. of violent... All right. So in all of the chaos and all of the noise of war, because we are at war, World War III is a different war. It's a war won through news, through data, and through internet connectivity. A lot cheaper than, than the wars of, 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 of past. So the last thing I'll leave you with is A25, Mr. Producer. Some noise is coming out of Arizona. This is a letter from A.G. Burnovich dated April 6th, 2022, which is today. And it is to the Honorable Karen Fenn regarding interim report, Maricopa County, November 3rd, 2020, general election. Dear President Fan, six months ago, the Arizona Attorney General's Office received reports sent from the Arizona State Senate concerning its Maricopa County Forensic Election Audit. In addition, the Attorney General's Election Integrity Unit has received and is reviewing additional complaints alleging election failures and potential misconduct that occurred in 2020. Our team of EIU investigators and attorneys has now collectively spent thousands of hours reviewing the Senate's audit reports and other complaints, conducting interviews, and analyzing Maricopa County's election system and processes. And it's highlighted, we have reached the conclusion that the 2020 election in Maricopa County revealed serious vulnerabilities that must be addressed and raises questions about the 2020 election in Arizona. To be continued... That's it for tonight's episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like listening to us, please go to Rumble. Please share it with a friend. Give us a thumbs up. Give us, hit the sma- smash the, the Rumble up button. For the visual listeners, you can see us at conservative-daily.com, Rumble, DLive, Twitch, Clout Hub, Frank Speech. And for the audio listeners, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Make sure if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a good five-star review because a lot of trolls are trying to bring us down. And for sponsors and for rankings, we need most reviews we can get. So please consider doing that. Uh, As far as as tonight goes, that's it. Filling in for Joe Oldman. My name is Jake Frejo. I'm your host. I'll see you in the morning.